a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Mighty Main Street on KSL, the faces and places of Utah. This show features interviews with our small business community, and they basically are driving our job market. We're supported by Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Kathy Klotz, the Executive Director of Intermountain Therapy Animal, is with us today, and I appreciate you being on Mighty Main Street, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my privilege. Thank you. You know, this is such an amazing organization. I've had the opportunity to be able to meet with you and talk to you and your team and see some of your beautiful animals that are in action. And I'm really looking forward to you sharing this with our listeners, the amazing work that these animals are doing on behalf of our well-being and good health. Um, And so, Kathy, share with us what Intermountain Therapy Animals, what you guys do day in and day out. Well, normally day in and day out, we bring animals to health care and educational facilities all along the Wasatch Front, Logan all the way down to St. George. We have more than 300 volunteer teams, um, dogs of all sizes and varieties, and their partners are their owners who volunteer, and they have to be carefully trained and tested and insured for liability before they are able to represent us. And then they visit hospitals and care centers and rehab facilities and uh, schools and libraries all throughout Utah. That's normal. And in this not being a normal time, all of our visits have been suspended along with volunteers. So we're having to find alternate ways to get to people because they actually need the the companionship and the benefits of animals more than ever right now when things are so difficult. So tell, give us some of the ways that you've had to uh, to adjust, you and your team and these beautiful animals, how you've had to adjust to be able to take care of humans. For one thing, um, one-on-one with everybody's wearing masks and staying carefully distanced, and we have special protocols that we put the dogs through so that they are um, cleaned with microfiber in between anybody who touches them and we also have some stuffed therapy dogs that we're sending to children at the hospitals and, and kids in schools in our read program um, to as a sort of temporary substitute until the real animals can get back to them. What do you think your timeline is? You know, everybody wishes we knew, but, you know, it all depends on the progress of the virus and the, the infections and 
In many cases, they're considering therapy animals outside the realm of normal volunteers and letting them back in first because of how great the need is. But um, And the need is for not only the patients, but their families and the staff, all of whom benefit from being with animals. But um, as for predicting a timeline, we really can't do it, just like everything else. We just don't know. You know, and going to your website, what I was really impressed with is that people, some of the different medical institutions that you've had a chance to interact with, actually will take your animals and use them from a marketing standpoint because they're so beloved in their medical community and they feel like they're part of their of their operation. Is that is that the experience that you've had? You know, the staff and the family, whenever anything happens to anybody, it reverberates all around them through the people that care about them and the people that are caring for them. And it just really helps to have uh, the the positive hormones that a body gets flooded with when they're with an animal who's being kind and non-judgmental and and uh, unconditionally loving it it really helps people with motivation to do what they need to do and with depression if they're feeling low and um, it just gives them a lot of comfort it's a lot of fun and fun is often overlooked as a healing mechanism, but it's quite important for people to have fun and be able to smile and laugh when they're trying to heal. Absolutely. How are your handlers uh, working right now? I mean, what are they, and this isn't something, I mean, I know it's it's a completely volunteer army is what you have of amazing handlers with their animals. How are they keeping their animals kind of buoyed up? And because these are the type of animals that have this special gift of really wanting to be with people. Yes, it's interesting, Chris. They, a lot of them are when they just put on their bandanas and bring them to the office to see us, the animals get so excited because they love their jobs. We we look for animals who love to meet people all the time. And when they haven't had that experience lately, they've been missing it just as much as the people have. So um, we've made 22 different videos of our animals doing different things that they are also like playing on the closed circuit TV up at primary to at least give people some exposure to dogs having a good time. Um, so we're we're thinking of anything we can, but it's been hard on everybody. That's a great idea, by the way. Um, I love that. In fact, I could I could watch videos like that. Uh, when you're looking for animals that you think would be good therapy animals, and it's not just dogs. I mean, you guys have had. I think, you know, little mini ponies and I'm sure guinea pigs, rabbits. I mean, it's different types mm-hmm. of animals. Um, what traits are you looking for? Well, dogs are about 98%, I would say, but the critical factor is that they love other people and that's not necessarily typical of all dogs a lot of them are devoted to their owners or their own pack but not to they they have to be able to light up every time they meet a stranger as if that's the person they were just waiting for that day because if they don't feel that way about it they won't have a good time and then the the uh the patient won't feel better, and then the, the volunteer won't find it rewarding either. So that's the number one factor we look for is their ability to connect with people that they've never met before. How many volunteers, um, you know, because we're, we're going to get back. We're going we're gonna to head back to 2019 in the future mm-hmm. and in the near future. We're, we're showing recovery all over the place right now. And so I'm very hopeful. What's a, what's a normal volunteer staff for you to be handling with the dogs as well? 
Normally, we have more than 300 people and their dogs or their cats or whoever it is. Um, and that it's almost hard to imagine until you see a picture of them together. That's a lot of a lot of dogs. But the need we never have enough for the need. We we visit more than 100 facilities at this or we did up until March. Um, so we're anxious to get back to that because everybody needs it. You also go to educational institutions. It's not just uh, medical, correct? Right. We have a program where children read to dogs because it's less oh. intimidating. It takes away peer pressure. It um, It's comfortable. It's Again, it's fun, so it helps them learn to love reading in books instead of finding it intimidating or scary or or they don't want to feel, you know, like they feel inadequate. So um, we've got that going in 49 places around the state of Utah. Actually, that program is our claim to fame. That one has spread around the world. We have teams, over 6,000 therapy teams in over 26 countries at this point that are using our READ program. And it was started here with you, with Intermountain Uh Therapy Animals. It was almost 21 years ago. Boy, that's got to give you a point of pride. That's just so cool. So many cool things yeah. come out of Utah, and here's another one. I mean, that's just impressive. You know, I really enjoyed the website. Do you want to give people your website address so they know where to go? And, and also let us know about uh, volunteering and or uh, contributions, which I know is important to keep the program going. Yeah, that is all available on our website, which is just Therapy Animals. Dot org, um, therapy animals plural dot org. Um, we, we're having a Chris. We're having a Halloween takeout for grownups and their dogs, where people just drive through and pick up dinner for two and stuff for their dog on on the thirtieth of October, which is going to be fun too. So that's on our website as well. What a great idea! Where will that be? In uh, the parking lot of our offices here in the Holiday Forty Fifty South Twenty Seven Hundred East. That kind of will take place of your, um, I know you do a fundraiser every year in the fall. So that takes place of your yeah. fund. Yeah. So that's, and I know you got to keep mm-hmm. the, keep the lights on. Right. <laughs> well, Kathy, all the best to you. Thank you so much for this important work that you're doing. I know that uh, you have a lot more requests than you actually have animals and handlers to be able to fill. So it shows such an important need. And I know we have such a generous community, and I'm hopeful that people will reach out in any way they possibly can. Do you take actual volunteers to come and help out, not just people that have uh, therapy animals? Well, we do, but we don't have as much need for those because um, we don't keep all the animals here. You know, they all live at home with their owners. So we're not... Um, we don't have hard needs in that session, except when we have like an event and we can use a, a, a you know, a legion of volunteers to help us with things like that. But anyone who has a, a dog as a candidate can check on our website about how to volunteer that way, too. All the best to you, Kathy. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Chris. Check out our interviews on the podcast page of KSLNewsRadio.com. I'm Chris Redgrave, and coming up next, it's news, traffic, and weather on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.